Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, episode nine of the Unqualified Commission podcast. Yep. This is Corey. This is Ryan. And tonight we have a very, very special guest. We have gotten very blessed and fortunate mm-hmm. that we have... We've been uh, able to talk to this guy here recently, you know, get him a part of our lives. But uh, we have been fortunate that we have gotten several guests on our show. Yes. I, I'm, I'm very glad yeah. to see the, the guest participation very much increased. Uh, but, uh, Ryan, give us the introduction to who this man is. Well, there, there, there isn't much to say. There is. He, he leaves me speechless. Oh, <laughs> so, um, Ryan and I talk about the encounter all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's a very good mission that we support here at the Unqualified Commission. We um, got the opportunity to go to the North Alabama encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about two weeks now. And uh, the gentleman we're about to introduce you to was a participant of Ryan. Ryan yes. happened to be his uh, server. The night before the encounter is when he got invited to the encounter. Am I right? So uh, the gentleman that we would like to introduce you to, his name is Anthony Stoltz. Anthony Stoltz. Um, I keep messing up his last name, so please forgive me. But Anthony, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Um, like I said, Anthony... Uh, has went through an encounter. And mm-hmm. I think he got his life changed. You guys had to be there to see it. Yeah, yeah. We encourage you to come and come see what Anthony got. And from if the you encounter. haven't been to an encounter, we encourage you to come to an encounter. Absolutely. Um, the next one is coming up is May. I think yeah. May and it's going to be in Northwest Florida. Um, of mm-hmm. course, email us if you have any questions or would like to attend that. We can mm-hmm. certainly help you get and, registered. You know, there's encounters in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi. Um, there's some coming up in Kentucky eventually. And we There's have Kansas. one in Tennessee currently, but they are um, still trying to work out some of the building issues and some of the staffing issues. Kansas too, right? I believe so. I've um, never been to a Kansas. So there's there's one out there for everyone's liking. And it's men and women. Both. Men and women, right. So Separate um, encounters. Um, so tonight's yeah. episode, uh, we have kind of went down a path, and we're going to kind of continue sticking to this path. We didn't do a series on this, but it, it's kind of fell into um, how different things have affected lives. And so tonight's episode is the effects of addiction. Yeah. Um, so, Anthony, um, I don't want to share your testimony, and I don't want to take anything from you, but I, I kind of want to um, let the audience know uh, you, you've dealt with addiction yourself, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Um, so during the pre-show, uh, we all talked, and... Uh, Anthony has a, a really awesome testimony that he wants to share tonight, and we're going to give him the opportunity to do so. Um, but addiction uh, takes the flavor. It takes very many forms. There, mm-hmm. There's addiction. There's sex addiction. There's pornography addiction. There's uh, illicit drugs addiction. There's alcohol addiction. There's uh, attention addiction. TV. TV. Yeah, uh, work addiction. One. Eating. Uh, there's there Again, addiction comes into very many forms. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just here to kind of hit on the surface here what um, the effects of addiction can be and what and, effects... You know, maybe later on we can dive deeper into these topics. Right. And so uh, we don't want you to get discouraged if we if we didn't hit on your addiction. <laughs> there's We're uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. We can't. We're only, we only have a certain amount of limited time. Uh, but uh, Anthony, I want you kind of introduce yourself. Um, I want you to give us a little bit of information about. Just tell your audience, you know, who you are, where you came from, you know, a little bit about yourself. Your social security number. Yeah. 
Please don't. Uh, most definitely not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I am from Florence, Alabama. I'm 23 years old. I was born and raised in Florence, Alabama. I've never lived anywhere else besides Florence, so that's really the only town I know. But yeah. Uh, so have you uh, had the opportunity to travel much outside of Florence, or have you been pretty localized to Florence most of your life? I mean, I've pre been pretty localized, I mean, to Florence. I mean, I went to rehab bef in Opelika, uh, Alabama, which is right there at Auburn. Mm -hmm. But So pretty much Alabama has been your pretty much homegrown roots uh, pretty much your whole life. Pretty much. Uh, see, uh, Anthony and I have very different stories as I, uh, <laughs> I got to travel the world, got to travel all over the states. Uh, so um, he has very different perspective on life than what I have. Um, I've kind of seen a lot more than he has, but uh, that doesn't mean that he's any less of a person. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that we have different, different parallels, outlooks. Yeah, different outlooks that yeah. we look through. Um, and see, this is what we want to do to the show is we want to uh, kind of bring different personalities and different lenses. Diversify. A diversity bit, yeah. uh, on our show. So <clears throat> so you were born and raised in Florence, um, pretty much raised there your whole life, hasn't left much. So can you tell us a little bit about like your home life or uh, kind of where, you know, where it all began or, you know, like. Are, you, are your parents together? I, I'm not trying to get too personal here, but just a little bit about oh. your personal life. Okay, so uh, my home life. Uh, growing up, growing up, uh, I lived at, at the age three. I grew, I moved in with my grandparents. Uh, my mom left me in a hotel room. Uh, hmm. I was running 103 temperature. Uh, and... I managed to get out the door, and then, uh, I don't know who had called my, my grandparents, but, uh, anyways, they ended up coming to get me, and... So, I assume, um, that your mother, uh, was dealing with struggles of addiction. Coke, uh, cocaine. Cocaine. So, so... Um, Anthony and I have very similar testimony in that my biological mother abandoned me uh, for substance abuse. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where a lot of our kindred spirit comes from. Um, but so you lived with your grandparents, what, was it all of your life or most of your life or all your childhood life? They adopted me at four mm -hmm. and from four to 18, I think, eight, straight, out, straight out of high school. From there, I uh, moved to my dad's. I was really defiant with them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to listen to them. So, you know, my my grandpa got tired of it. He got so tired of it. He he had to pull a gun on me to tell me to leave because I was being so defiant and disrespectful. But your grandparents took pretty good care of you during that time when you were uh, adolescent. Yes, they 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 did the best they could, mm -hmm. and so um, you guys don't know this, but when when we were on the way here, that your grandfather, you're talking to your grandfather, is that the same grandfather that that raised you into your adult life? Yes, that's, that's my that's the uh, same grandfather. So uh, of course they obviously have a better relationship now as he's gotten older and gotten more mature, uh, they, and uh, just on the ride down. Um, 
we got to see some of that relationship kind of unfold. But uh, can you tell me about uh, your school life, or um, were you, did you enjoy school? Did you were you kind of too cool for school? Were you? Uh, well, school was it was okay. It was it's like when I was younger, it was okay, but. I played community basketball, uh, league basketball. My seventh grade year, I tried out for basketball and didn't make the team. And then that's when I started progressively picking up marijuana. Uh, so marijuana was your first drug? Uh, marijuana was my first drug. Well, there's a reason they call it the gateway drug, right? So yeah. it's the gateway to, to other substance abuses. Um, so you picked up marijuana, you said 8th grade? 8th, yeah, 7th, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the end of 7th up to 8th grade. And so can you tell me, um, I'm very fortunate that I have never had to, to face marijuana, I've never smoked marijuana myself, but can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what you were seeking from marijuana, what you got out of marijuana, uh, what, what it did for you, what... Uh, I thought I was the cool kid in high school, you know, around that age and time. I thought, you know, I was the cool kid. I thought nobody was going to stop me. I thought, you know. Just trying to fit in with everybody. Just trying to fit in, be that be that kid that fits in. Mm -hmm. but, then, you, but you thought you were invincible at that age. You, you thought you were the bee's knees and that no one could tell you any differently. Right, pretty much. Okay, and... Uh, so you did it to get to be cool or to be that kid, but uh, what did you, I guess, get out of it? Did you, I mean, obviously you got high, right? But did you, do you think that the high took away the pain? Do you think the high was just a pleasure thing? What, what, do you, what was your high that you were chasing? What was the... I was depressed in high school, too. Like, I had a problem with finding girls, you know, girlfriends, and... I don't know, it, it just really depressed me, because, and plus, I was, like, really quiet in high school, too. I mean, I'd, I went to school several times with cuts on my arms and stuff like that for me cutting, and me having to go to, you know, go see people for that. I, I went to Riverbend. To, Riverbend is a, like, to help people with like depression and stuff like that. So it's like psychiatric help. Pretty um, much. So a psychiatric um, help facility to help um, children struggling with uh, mental, mental health. health. Yeah. Right, right. Pretty so. much. So, um, so did it did it take away the pain? Did you do you feel like the marijuana took away the pain, or do you feel like you were always chasing a white horse or a white elephant that you could never get high enough to take away the pain it numbed it a little bit but not as much numbing as I wanted did it make you more anxious yeah uh, yeah yeah you could say that so um, it just made me real mellow and just like mm -hmm want to want to be lazy and like sit on the couch and not get up and go get a job or, you mm -hmm. know 
And how did your grandfather feel about this, or did he know? Were you, or did you do this in secrecy, or did he know? Well, he didn't know until like tenth grade year, when I when I started being defiant, and uh, I walked around around back, and I got to light it up, you know, because I'm around back smoking, and I'm just trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. Well, about that time, my grandpa comes around back. He's like, I don't know what you think you're doing. You don't run nothing around here. And he take he takes the joint that I had rolled up, and he and he took it out of my hands and he stomped it on the ground. And he said, "Don't ever bring that crap back to my house again." I'm like, I'm like, okay, then I'll leave. But you know, at the time, I'm like, I was a defiant kid. I mm-hmm. just didn't want to listen. So you went like three years without your grandparents knowing. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you were exposed um, to marijuana? Was it was it friends, or did you somebody just randomly come up to you, or what was your exposure point? Uh, do you believe where you first um, experienced, yeah, or encountered uh, marijuana? Oh, uh, high school. Well, actually, no, my brother. So your brother is older than you. Yeah, my right? brother. So he um, had obviously gotten it from someone and wanted to share it with you and expose you to it. Pretty much. Okay. And so... Not, uh, not, not uh, trying to write my brother out or nothing. <laughs> that's, a, I mean, that's okay. We all, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's an awesome guy. He actually came through this encounter, this past encounter, too. Uh, his, na- his, his name is Tyler. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Tyler actually was my participant, so um, mm-hmm. it, it was very funny because Ron and I are very much like brothers, and Tyler and Anthony were brothers, so we it, it was a very awesome weekend. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, but uh, so can you kind of tell me down the progression or kind of the, the trail that you walked, for say, uh, or the path that you took? Like, obviously, um, you said, and maybe you haven't shared this, but your drug of choice eventually became methamphetamine, right? Yes, but that's not the worst that I've done. I've done. I had dabbled with heroin before too. So you dabbled with a few others, but you you found that your your drug of choice was methamphetamine. methamphetamine. What what made you progress from uh, weed to the other drugs, the harder drugs? Okay. So, straight out of high school, mm-hmm. I, I'd say roughly about three years ago, four years ago. I'm 23 now, so. About four years ago? About, about three or four years yeah. ago. Uh, about four. Uh, anyways, I was just wanted to fit in with my other side of my family, my other side of the family. I didn't really mm-hmm. ever go and, you know, talk to and until I just started eventually going over there and wanting to pick up what they were doing, just trying to fit in once again, yeah. just trying to fit in. That was that has always been my problem, just trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, I I started fitting in the wrong crowds. I started I started running with the devil, and instead of running with God, like I used to be, I was running with the devil, mm-hmm. and it just it took you down a rabbit hole. It did most definitely. It made me do things I never thought I would ever have done in my life. Yeah. So that's the that's where I really want to hone in on tonight's message is regardless what the addiction is, addiction takes you further than you ever want to go. Yeah, and and you don't even realize you're addicted until you're at that point. Until you're at that point chasing the next, the next, and the next. Uh, And then you realize, you know, it's ruined your life. Right. Um, So, so you obviously were trying to fit in, right? And and I want to warn again, I want to warn our audience, you know, that's, I hear that very often. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I have a jail ministry and I have I hear these testimonies of these people who have ended up in jail because of bad decisions that they have made. You know, they catch a drug charge, they catch a possession charge, whatever it is. And I, I don't know the statistical analysis of it, but I would say you know a good portion, a good majority of the portion, it all started with they were in high school trying to fit in. They were um, they found this crowd. They were trying to impress this crowd, and like you said, they didn't realize that addiction had taken them so far. Until it was too late, mm-hmm. until they were looking back and they had life regrets, saying, "What, what am I doing with my life?" Mm-hmm. And and I would say a good portion of those they 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 you know say, "If I could go back and I could turn the clock back, and I could turn back." Most of them know, and I, I'm assuming you know the exact moment of your life that you took the crossroads when you started making the bad decisions and started walking down that path. And mm-hmm. what, would you agree with that? That you know that that moment in time. I would. So um, that's why I want to, I guess, warn our audience members is, you know, there there is no time clock. There is no time warping machine. There is no time machine. No Uno reverse card. There's no Uno reverse card, right? This is, you, you only get one lifetime, right? So I kind of want you to um, tell us um, how these substances affected your life, like, did they affect your relationships? Did they affect your friendships? Did they affect? Um, obviously, you got some time under your belt. You have, you you got busted up with the law. Can you kind of walk us through how these decisions in your life affected your day to day life? Like, can you kind of tell us the things that unfolded because of your life decisions? Okay, so. start (laughs) okay yes I do yes I do okay so the this I'm gonna start off with the second Mm -hmm. the second one uh I I jumped in a car with some guys that stole the vehicle and that's when my life when I when I was not caring the most, you know, mm-hmm. I jumped in the car and police got behind us. Well, anyways, the driver backs into the police car at a red light and then takes off. Anyways, we we go all the way around. Anyways. 
more or less, we stole the car, and then we ran into a house. We didn't even know if anybody was in the house or not. I mean, kind of, it looked abandoned, but... Anyways. And I, I do want to... Um, he's having a hard time kind of sharing this, and I, I just want to tell you that's okay. Um, yeah. We, we're not trying to open up any wounds here. Um, and if you're not comfortable, that's that's okay. Uh, we we are just trying to... Um, that's your past life. That old man is dead, right? They, they tell you this at the encounter, right? That old man is dead, right? <clears throat> Everyone has a past. Everyone has a part of them their skeletons in their closet, right? The skeletons in the closet. And so what we're not trying to do is we're, um, I understand that a lot of this can be di very difficult and we, we just want you to let you know that we are okay with the time that you're taking. So you can take the time that you need and they will understand that too. So uh, I'm not trying to interrupt. I was just trying to let you know. I, I know some of this can be difficult. So. Mm -hmm. but. But anyways, uh, back to what I was saying. I ran into uh, the cops pull it, pull us out of the vehicle. We we end up we end up going to jail. Uh, I did two weeks in there, and then I got bonded out. And then. So what were you charged with? with those charges what what did the cops charge you with well they they theft or joy riding pretty much is what they call it in Alabama joy riding but but there was no drug charges on that event no no drug charges on that event uh, I've never caught any drug charges before but I've done them you know right that was at the time, around the time, you know, around the times uh, that I were doing them the worst. But you were under yeah. the influence of substance during this time. Most definitely. So you're, uh, it's safe to say that your judgment was probably pretty lapsed in, in those moments. Yeah, uh, I was, I was shooting a needle in my veins. Mm -hmm. So, and so, um, obviously, that's one um, particular story, but. I would assume that it's pretty safe to say that during the time of your in, uh, under being under the influence of these substances, um, that it was very hard to make decisions that uh, resulted in anything done com good coming from you. Yeah, right? Rational so, decisions, right? So uh, most of your decisions were pretty uh, erratic, and they were pretty reckless. This is, and again, this is just me not understanding, but I'm just trying to understand. Is that would would that be pretty safe to say that uh, that was kind of your lifestyle? during those times yeah it, the drugs just make you not care they mm -hmm. they, they you just, can't think clearly at all yeah uh, it fogs your head up and I kind of want to hone in on the, the relationships how did the, the drugs affect your like immediate relationships with your family and just your friends so this is during the time after your grandfather's kicked you out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So obviously that took a strain on your um, 
let's just call them your parental guardians because they were, although they were not your biological parents, they were your parental guardians, mm-hmm. right? So, right? So that obviously put a strain on that relationship, but did you have any other relationships or did you have any other people that you got estranged because of the substance abuse? Could you help me understand what you're... Yeah, so um, was there maybe a girlfriend? Was there uh, uncles, cousins, nephews? Well, you and your brother at that time. Or or your brother, yeah, that you became distant because of the substance abuse. Okay, people that I've hurt during it? Okay, yeah, certainly. You can certainly have their... Okay, well, I was in... I was straight out of high school. In... This is the next, this is the next charge that, you know, mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable opening up about. Okay, and that, uh, that's okay. Because it was my fault. Mm-hmm. It was a domestic violence charge. Uh, I was just really controlling. I was a controlling, what you would call a controlling freak. You know, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And what led me to be controlling was her like cheating on me a couple of times, which were I'm talking about me and my girl, you know, at the time, this high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. uh, girl of my dreams, you know, never thought I would ever lose her, you know. Silly me, you know, being three months in a relationship, I thought we, we were going to be together the rest of my life, you know what I'm saying? I I didn't really understand. I was like, this is my longest relationship, so I must be doing something right here. Well, you know what? Alcohol started coming in. Yeah. Drugs started coming in. And when I started taking Xanaxes, that... that Xenex has made me really controlling. Uh, they made me the person I was not. You know, the person that I never thought I would be. And mm-hmm. I just lashed out on her. You know, I got tired of her cheating on me. She t- she kept telling me, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm like, you know, I said, okay, several times, you know. I let her go. Didn't say nothing. Well, she was kind of this the the time that right before I finna get locked up. The night she was wanting to go hang out with her friends, I had already kind of got on her phone mm-hmm. and seen a guy that she was talking to, and where she had said that she was gonna go to her friend's house and then meet up with him there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when it all went down. That's And it got out of control. It got out, way out of proportion. Uh, so um, we don't have to go into much detail, but I'm assuming there was a fight. There was probably... Uh, I, I did 13 months in Lauderdale County. And so, were you the only one charged in that incident, or was the the Mister 
was he charged as well? Was the uh, was the girlfriend charged? Or was any other person charged? Yeah, she she was not charged. Okay, so so you were the only one charged in that certain certain circum circumstance. circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I cannot speak. But, yeah, pretty much. Um, so you you did thirteen months, um, and that I'm I'm assuming that was um, probably assault or you know domestic violence or something of that nature. Um, domestic violence strangulation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so, when you when you're in Lauderdale County, unless uh, there's some corruption going on, there's there's no drugs, right? There's no, there, it's all contraband, right? So, were you exposed to drugs in Lauderdale County? Uh, in the jail? Yes, in the jail. Or, or or was that a time that you were kind of forced to be sober? Pretty much be sober. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I. When it came in, you know, I'm not going to lie, I dabbled with it. When If somebody come in from the jail and they had it, mm-hmm. and of course you would have you would have to buy it. So what was the, so you said you, you dabbled in it, but what was the longest stint during that stay that you were sober? Or was there not a single stint that you were sober? Oh, I was sober for I know eight months, nine so months. The majority. So the majority. So yeah. um so was the was the sobriety the first half or the second half? So like did you first. So you were sober the first half and then as you got closer and closer to getting out you became more uh, reliant on that substance again. Yeah. Okay. Um so is there any other and again we don't have to you don't have to go too too deep you, you only share is what you want but so you you obviously had relationship problems with your your guardians you had relationship problems um with your significant other mm-hmm. was was there a time that you began to realize um and, and maybe there's more relationships but was there a relationship or was there a time that you began to realize that it was the substance that was causing the um dysfunction in the relationships or had you, like we said, have you already stepped too far into your addiction that you were fooling yourself? Throughout, okay. I don't know how to answer that. Like at what point in time did you start to realize that you needed to get clean? Around what time did I realize? Mm-hmm. Like what what caused what was you the, to want to get what clean? was the change in scenery or what was the what was the single handle event or what was the thing when that I said when I started losing all of my family? So, so it, it like pushed you away from all your family and everything. It pushed me. Yeah. I, to the point where I was pretty much having to go to rehab just to have somewhere to lay my head because mm-hmm. uh, I refused to sleep on the streets, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it got to the point. So but I did jump to house to house, you know. I have done that before, like, jump to different, like, Trap house to trap house, you know, right. pretty Just much. Find a place to stay. 
pretty much. But yeah. so um, the way I'm understanding it is, eventually the substance abused separated all of your relationships. It wasn't just it wasn't this one or just two. It was it was eventually all of them were pretty much separated because of the substance. So you, you had to hit rock bottom to realize, you know, I need I need to change something. That's it. Yeah. So, um, can you kind of walk us through what your sobriety looked like? So, yeah. I know some people who, um, of course, they, they say, like, I could just make it through this day, then I can face tomorrow, or I can just make it through this meal. Um, so, a little bit about myself, I, I struggle with pornography. Uh, very, very hard, very deep addiction to pornography. And for me, it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to stop pornography and I stop pornography. It's a day-by-day walk. Well, and I would even say for me, it was if I can just make it through breakfast without watching pornography, if I can just make it to lunch without watching pornography. And eventually, those spans of time became longer and longer and longer and longer mm-hmm. to eventually, I want I weaned myself off the addiction. But can you walk us through how your addiction sobriety looked like? You know, what was it, uh, you know, step-by-step, day-by-day, or was it... Uh, something happened maybe you went to jail again or I, I just kind of want to walk through what your sobriety looked like yeah you know uh, what was the process of it it was most definitely day by day it was a day by day process you know uh, so you woke up one day and you said all my family's gone and that was the thought that made you think that you need to get clean Pretty much. So, um, you you mentioned rehab, but so were you in rehab when you had that thought, or were you living in a trap house or living house to house, or that was be- that was before I pick up the phone and I called rehab. That at that moment in mm-hmm. time, that I had thought about it like a couple nights before. You know, I went to rehab. You know, I had got saved, uh, and I. No, I didn't get saved. I got baptized at my church. The Father's house, right? The Father's house. At Florence. And then right after, uh, a couple months after, you know, I was doing clean. I was being clean, you know, staying clean. And then, boom, you know. It, it, it went downhill again. But so you're saying the... The thing that changed your mind was you met Jesus. You you had a relationship with Jesus. Yes. That was the that was the pinnacle that changed your your I guess your outlook. I on said, life. hey, I I can't let the devil run me no more. I, I see, you know, because I only had picked up mar picked up back up marijuana. I think I'd smoked it like once or twice, and I, I told myself, hey, I got. Yeah, I gotta go to rehab because before you I, get back to where you were. Before. I, I see where where I'm, I'm going now, and yeah. it's not going the right way. I need to get back on track. Now, did you get uh, saved? During, was it during that revival that they had going on? Nine yeah. weeks it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was during the revival. Mm-hmm. I I was actually on heroin uh, when I got uh, baptized that night. So my the, my youth pastor was like, <laughs> I, he was like. Cause he had come back there and talked to me. Yeah. And he, he's like, "You were so high on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even pay attention. You were out of it one minute, and you were talking to me, and you were out of it again." And I'm like, 
You know what? I'm sorry for that. <laughs> at, what, at what point did you get saved during that? Like, well, what uh, made you want to get saved? Uh, it's just... So was it yeah. the... Uh, in the business, we call it the altar call, right? The conviction. So was it... Where you just sitting there and you kind of felt it in your heart, uh, like a pull towards yeah, the, pretty pretty much. Uh, every spirit pulling at you. Yeah, everything everything the preacher was saying and just and it felt like right it right on point, point. <laughs> on point. And I'm like, it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah. So um, you you went to rehab, mm-hmm. and uh, I know you shared pre-show that you. You're, you're trying to turn away from all addiction, including pornography, and that you, you have been clean from pornography for seven days. I, I really want to applaud you for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, can you tell us uh, how long have you been clean from the illicit drugs? Like, um, how long have you been sober? Well, including marijuana? Yes, from marijuana too. For going on five months. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, uh, I don't want to cut you short. Um, we are pretty close to time here. Um, Was there anything else that you like, wanted to share? Like, any high point? I mean, we can certainly... We'll get time to time as needed. So, yeah. if there if there's more you want to share with the audience, I mean, by all means. How, how did the encounter change your life? I want to hit on that. Yeah, well, okay, that's, yeah. that's fair. Well, you, you went to the encounter. You got the call the night before, right? Who who called you? Oh, uh, actually, uh, my my youth pastor did. Is is it Eric Grigsby? Is that him? Yeah, Eric. Eric? Yeah. He yeah. called you that before. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. He did. And so was it? Uh, was it kind of like, hey, you need to go to this, or was it kind of, are you going to this? What 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 was that call like? What was it? Did he kind of put it in your court to go, or was he saying you're going to this? Or no, what he's was... like, hey, bud, you want to go to the encounter? <laughs> I'm like. What's that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Because my brother said he's going to. I'm like, well, what are we going to be doing there? He's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, well, do what I need. So, you know, he tells me what I need. I, I pack my stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm over here, like, stressed out. I'm like, I wonder if these people are going to take me out here and try to kill me or something. This is a cult. <laughs> yeah, this is a cult. And I'm like, No. I'm like, and then when I got there, like, God set me free, you know, That's awesome. from a lot of a lot of stuff that I had been carrying all over my shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. all that weight, it's been lifted off of me. Uh, I, I don't want to speak for Ryan here, but uh, this is the same answer that we get every time we ask about somebody encounter, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we, we have not paid you to say that or anything, right? We just want to make sure for the audience. Most so, definitely so not. Twenty under the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go to an encounter, you will be changed. Yeah, yeah God has something in store for everyone. At, and that's why we promote that ministry so hard yeah. uh, in, in this ministry. Um, and and Ryan and I got to see the freedom that you got firsthand on, on yeah, that weekend. It was it was, awesome. it was amazing. It was it was it was it was amazing. But. Uh, I'm really grateful 
that you came and you were a guest on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Uh, it, it's been an absolute honor and a privilege um, to to have you, and and I hope we can have you again one day. And uh, when you when you're definitely more on this road of sober, and and one day you know it, you take it a day at a time, but yeah. one day you're going to have more sober time than you had influence time, and that's what we call influence time or sober time. And I can't wait for that day. I, I can't wait for the joy on your face when you when you can say. I've been more sober than I have been influenced, right? And, and we're happy for you now. And, you we, and yeah. five months is nothing. And, uh, that is not nothing. I want to firsthand and say I want to congratulate you because that, that takes a strong man does, to realize that you need to turn around and get right and, and be clean. So I don't want anyone to downplay five months, okay? So there may be some naysayers. There may be some haters out there. If, if they do, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this much. If they do, if they want to downgrade me, that's not going to stop me. Well, that's that's the yeah, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm on the road road to God. So. Oh yeah, definitely. But, um, we want to we want to give an opportunity for the audience. If if your guys are struggling with addiction of any sort, mm-hmm. um, don't give up. That, never lose hope. Yeah, even and if you always fall, have you know, faith. I, I, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself, but uh, that mm-hmm. we want you to know that we're here for you. And, and all of us, we have dealt with addiction of our own flavor. Uh, we've dealt with the roads and the estrangements that addiction has caused. But if you're, if you're dealing with addiction, uh, I encourage you, get the help. Like you said, uh, there's professional help out there. Yeah. And, and email us at the unqualified commission at gmail.com. We, we will happily sit down and if any resources that we know we will happily send them your way if yep. there's any facilities or anything i, I will sp- spend day and night looking up resources if, if you're serious about getting clean but uh i'm very grateful again that you came and been on our show mm-hmm. and uh i look forward to what the lord has in store for you and i cannot wait to the things and the seeds that you get to plant and um, the ministries that you get to create now walking down a straight and narrow. But this has been Corey. This is Ryan. And this is Anthony. And this has been the Unqualified Commission Podcast. We'll see you next time.